This week, we are unveiling something very exciting, or our guest is rather. But before we get to that, we are going to talk about how to remove the overwhelm and stress of email marketing. At Teak, we think that scheduling emails and creating email campaigns is just as important as applying payments to your bookings. And we're going to share why and how you can make it easy. To do that, we have Katie Fisher, who is our resident email marketing guru. Hey, it's your travel industry best friends, Robin and Jen from Teak. We're obsessed with practically anything that touches your business and allows you to scale to the level of success that you've always dreamt of. With Robin's background in sales and marketing and Jennifer's experience as a management level HR professional, we grew a small itinerary creation company into a multi-million dollar travel agency. And now we aim to help others skip the hard stuff and get right to the big wins. We're probably each recording this holding a glass of wine. So pour one up with us, grab a seat and join us to talk all things travel and business. As of today, Katie is actually a team member of Teak, but next week she transitions to something so exciting and we are so proud and excited for her. And actually, I want to pause and let it As we launch into the topic, I want us to share a little bit about the transition from Katie's travel agency to joining the Teak team to the moment that kind of like created (laughs) the opportunity for Katie to move on to her next venture. So Katie, do you want to share this from your perspective? I first heard about Teak right when you launched from a fellow travel advisor and I was a new advisor and I didn't know what I was doing at all. Probably had no business doing what I was doing. And I think I was one of the like first workflow clients that Teak had. I was like definitely OG, which was revolutionary. I was like, wow, <laughs> I didn't realize I should be doing any of this. So <laughs> not long after that, well, I guess it was a few years later, I rebranded under Teak, like using the branding services, completely overhauled my entire business. And then not long after that, I was like, actually, I would just, can I work for you? (laughs) Because I realized I enjoyed the business side of my travel business and not so much the booking side. So like I say on the about page of my website, I fangirled hard enough to land a spot on the Teak team to go from client to employee. Uh, And while at Teak, I did the email marketing for the team, but also for advisors as part of the Teak service suite at the time. Not only did I enjoy doing email marketing for travel advisors, but also I really enjoyed that aspect of running my own business. When I was a travel advisor and was doing email marketing, I found myself like putting off doing final documents in favor of doing like a newsletter campaign. Which were beautiful, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. It was a really perfect blend of like my OCD and my creative side and my writing skills coming together. But I also saw how effective email marketing was. But essentially, uh, what has happened now is that as Teak evolves as a business in the travel industry and moves away from offering email marketing for advisors, I realized it's something I wanted to keep doing. And I was also very interested and passionate about continuing on down the entrepreneurship road, which sometimes I wonder wonder what I'm getting myself into. But I <laughs> think everyone who's listening to the podcast, like as much work as it is to be an entrepreneur there's something that like keeps us coming back. So that is how my very boutique, <laughs> boutique because it's just me, email marketing service, Moxie and Forth was born with Teak's blessing. 
And I want to like piggyback off of this a little bit because essentially we do a quarterly meeting with our employees or our team members. And it's not necessarily like this feedback session that people dread. It's always like us asking questions about our team. Like, where do you want to grow? What do you want out of the next quarter? How was the last quarter in retrospect? What things can we improve? So we do this quarterly. We schedule it for everyone on our team. And Katie and I have a very candid relationship too. And so we started kind of like talking about this form and she just asked about how truthful she wanted her to be on the form. And I was like, be very truthful. So Robin and I had had conversations before about like, man, Katie's really into this. And we had talked about like the possibility of this email marketing concept being its own brand in itself and its own business, essentially. And so this perfect like kismet moment of having this quarterly meeting and Robin and I's conversation preceding that meeting we just kind of presented and gave like this blessing of like, hey, if this is something that you want to go do, because it's not a need we have anymore. And the things that we wanted on our team out of Katie were internal email marketing campaigns going out to our audience, as well as handling social media. And it was that was not necessarily within her scope of passion anymore. So I'm a big believer in listening to your employees and helping them do what's best for their life. And Robin is very much on the same wavelength. Like if something is no longer serving you, we got into a business for a reason. I know that Katie has this entrepreneurial spirit and we want to support our employees in doing whatever fills their cup. So if that means creating another business from something you found that you were great at in a skill set in our business, it was no like negative to it they in no way took away from what we were doing because we were already cutting this piece of our business out of our 2024 plan and so it was like yeah do that we love that for you and we support you so all of this to say we just want to say that like Katie we're so excited for you Robin is currently on maternity leave so I know she's excited for you and we fully support this endeavor and we are pumped to help you in any way shape or form with how we can support you and that is why we're doing this podcast to help the launch of Moxie and Forth and it's email marketing strategies for travel advisors it's <laughs> obviously an incredibly niche no pun intended company uh, you know with a very very small service suite. But I really believe as I was building everything out, once I hit the ground running, I wanted to make sure I kept things simple because I think as travel advisors, we tend to overcomplicate things or we think we need to like go big or go home. And I wanted to make sure that my services were effective and robust, but straight to the point. And I'm only one person. So you know, can only do so much. But I'm super excited because I also like if you would have told me this is where I would have ended up, you know, 10 years ago when I was fresh out of nursing school, I would have been so confused. But this weird little journey from like new travel advisor who knew nothing to employee of Teak to now like running parallel to Teak and other companies in the travel industry who help advisors. It's just, it feels like a really good space to be in. I don't remember what the mug said exactly, but Sarah Blakely is known for like holding up these mugs with quotes. And basically it's like, 
hit them with a plot twist, it's your own story. And to me, I'm like, Katie, you're always going to have a plot twist and that's okay. I'm the same way. Like I know Robin's the same way. We're always kind of evolving and I think it's okay to leave space to evolve. So I love that you are listening to that inner self and we all got into travel, frankly, because we listened to something that was kind of like nagging at us. So hopefully that just kind of resonates with people on their own personal level that you have to listen to whatever is like pulling you in that moment. And if you're not passionate about something anymore, you're not serving it well. And that's where you were honest with us. You were like, I'm not passionate about social media anymore. And that was originally what you were very passionate about until you got into it. You tried it on for size. You were like, "Mm, not a big fan. And so it's okay to listen to that inner voice. And I think this is like a perfect example of niching down and niching down hard. I think Teak does that. We niche down pretty hard where workflows and branding for travel advisors. And when I try and explain that that to people outside the industry, they're very confused and they don't even know what I'm talking about. And you're probably going to get that same reaction, but your email marketing strategies for travel advisors. And that is probably one of the most niche specific business models. And I fully believe this is going to be successful because you've listened to what people need and you've taken that feedback and you actually did a survey with people that had done the email marketing strategies with us. And we're going to wrap up this episode with kind of like a sneak peek of the service suite. So I don't want to get too much into that because I want to get into the meat and potatoes of this episode. This episode isn't a pitch. This is really, we want to share with you how you can just kind of reframe your mindset about email marketing. It doesn't have to be this massive task. You don't have to block a day for it. It doesn't have to feel overwhelming, but it is just as important as a workflow or creating a sales strategy or any other aspect of your business, like looking at your profit and loss statement. All of these things are integral to make your business run and email marketing should be a tenant of that. So let's get to it. What are some common misconceptions or fears that travel advisors have about email marketing? Debunk them for us. (laughs) Well, I think it's all over the map. I have asked, I asked people while we were doing Flowdesk projects while, you know, while I was at Teak in the feedback form I sent out to advisors, like it's just the same repetitive, like five or six misconceptions or fears keep coming up. So the most common ones are worrying about being spammy or salesy, which I think people hear marketing and they think it's just like selling something like you should only be like emailing when, you know, right now there's a ton of Black Friday hotel deals. And you know, I'll get into that more later, but really your email should be focused more on providing value, education, inspiration, filling in your audience on what you do, why you do it, and all of that. And the sales will come from it. So you don't have to worry about being salesy if you're not being salesy. So that is one that keeps coming up. But then obviously, this one resonates with everyone. It's time consuming. And that I think is one of the biggest myths. I think it is far more time consuming to put together a trending reel than it is to put together an entire Oh my gosh. If you asked me to make a reel right now, I'd cry. I'd literally cry. But if you want a custom newsletter, I'll uh, no problem. Because if you have the right tools in place, like a newsletter template that you can just easily duplicate every month and then done for you copy, super easy. So I am from the mindset of like, oh, it takes so much time because when I did the Explorer Tour email, I did it 
quarterly because it felt so overwhelming to me. And it felt overwhelming to represent a team or to pull these ideas and put them together. And I think I was trying to put too many sections in one email. Like I just didn't think that it was worth opening unless it had like five sections, which in reality, people won't even read their wrap up documents on a trip they've paid thousands of dollars for. So why did I think that someone was going to read a full length email? I have no idea. That's lost on me. So to me, that's kind of one thing that I would like to have debunked is like you're email doesn't have to be long and it doesn't even have to be multiple sections. Like the emails that we send out for Teak are like usually single topic unless they are one of our weekly emails or, you know, more of our subscription emails. But if we're doing a marketing email, it's going to be typically single topic. But I agree with you. It felt very intimidating. It felt like a time suck. And I didn't want to put something out there that I wasn't fully proud of. So, I mean, now we have chat GPT and all of these things that also help with that, but let's just kind of dive in a little bit deeper to what can be done to simplify it. Hey there, TikTok listeners, Ashlyn Puckett here. You may have heard the word workflow before and wondered what the heck are they talking about? You may have also heard us throw around the term client experience and wondered what we meant by it. Well, we don't just want to tell you, we want to show you. We're hosting a live open house webinar for our most popular product, our client communication templates. The signature workflow that put Teak on the map got a major glow up and is now available for all CRMs. Advisors have been begging us forever to rework our traditional TravelJoy workflow templates to be more general for any CRM, and we finally did it. If jumpstarting 2024 with a streamlined, automated system sounds like a dream, then you're going to want to get in on this ASAP. Our client communication templates are a complete collection of email, form, and task list templates to help you enforce boundaries, manage expectations, and deliver a high-end travel booking experience. If you're wondering, can they really be that good? Don't just take our word for it. Check out the testimonials on our website or... Better yet, join us for an exclusive behind-the-scenes free tour of our client communication templates and all of the amazing resources waiting for you inside. Have you ever bought something after being promised the world only to be let down by the actual product? Yeah, us too. That's why we're peeling back the metaphorical curtain and showing you exactly what you get when you purchase our best-selling client communication templates. To join our next open house and to see how our client communication templates can genuinely change your business, register at the link in the show notes below. I look forward to hopefully seeing you all at the open house. Well, and also kind of riffing off what you just said about like how email marketing feels like a time suck. I think there's a, this might be getting a little bit too much into psychology, but we, I think we love the dopamine hit we get from social media because then it feels like it was worth it to craft that funny trending reel where you put it up and then your phone's like going wild with the dings because people are liking and commenting and, and, and sharing. So then it feels like it was worth your time. Whereas email marketing is a little bit more of like you have to stick with it. You're not going to send out one newsletter and revolutionize your business. So I think that's something that advisors need to be aware of. You're not going to see immediate results because you have to build no like trust with that audience. If you think about it, our inboxes are like a very sacred space. I follow hundreds of people, if not thousands on social media. 
but I don't see all their stuff and it's fine. I am very selective with who and what I subscribe to as far as email marketing goes. So if somebody's on your list, they definitely want to hear from you, but you have to like build that rapport with them. So I think that's maybe why advisors focus so much on social media and not as much on email marketing because we are an instant gratification kind of society. Some other myths and misconceptions that I've seen just to rattle off a few more is they're uneasy about the tech involved. They struggle with writing the copy, assuming that social media is a more lucrative marketing avenue, and then just maybe a general lack of knowledge about the power of email marketing. So I mean, I could go on all day about all the myths I've heard, but those are the primary ones. I mean, it depends on your target audience for how you think about this. I think email marketing works for everyone and Black Friday is a prime example of that. But even more so, if you think about the people that have money to spend, typically, they're the ones that are going to invest the time to read. They're not that instant gratification social media always. That's a generalization. But if you think about the people that have more leisure time, usually have more leisure time for a reason. And it's because they have the luxury of that. So creating something that they can consume that will entertain them, not just sell to them, I think is a great way of thinking about it. And we just recently had an episode on thinking about social media. I forget which episode it was mentioned in, but it was like, are you entertaining your audience? And if you're not entertaining, they're going to feel sold to. And that is like, everyone's worst nightmare. Nobody wants to open an email and be like, I would like to be sold to today. They want to gain something from it. So what are you sharing? What are you giving in order to receive? So can you dive into that no like trust for two seconds? Yeah, I have an entire section on my website about it that like no like trust is this marketing concept, really a psychology concept, but specifically related to marketing where If you really think through the last thing you purchased, you didn't just purchase it. You had to know what the item was. You had to like who was selling it, whether it's a company or a person. And you had to trust that it was going to be a good investment. So people don't buy necessarily without tapping into emotion, whether it's subconscious or not. And if you are only ever sending out an email blast when you have something to sell, or if you're only ever posting when you have something to sell, because maybe you're you looked at your numbers, you need a couple more planning fees this month, like people will pick up on that. Because humans, we want something in exchange for our money. And it's not always a product or a service or whatever. So no like trust is the slow build of getting to know your audience, letting them get to know you. They eventually like you, they like your brand, they like how you do things, and then trusting you enough to invest thousands of dollars and their PTO with you. I will say that One thing that held me back from outsourcing it was the investment. Like I knew that I wanted to pay for someone to do it just because I believe in the power of outsourcing. And I believe that if you're not going to do something as well as someone else could do it and you have the resources, like caveat to that. Like I do think that there's a lot of bootstrapping to be done when you start your business. But I was at the point of my business where I was like, I'm ready to outsource some things that are weighing on me or they're not getting done. And this was a, a... perfect example of what is not getting done. But when I was quoting around, it was going to cost 300 plus a month for a newsletter for someone that didn't really understand the industry. So I think you have a lot of obviously great things that are going for your future services, because to me, that wasn't necessarily in the budget. And it was $300 I wanted to pay myself. 
I had a traditional business model. I'm willing to put in some tweaking work to it. I didn't need it to be this turnkey solution. So I didn't need this like luxury service necessarily, but there was also not an option to only get the newsletter service. Like I was reaching out to social media companies and they were like, you can do the social media package plus newsletter. And I was like, okay, so now it's not only 300 plus per newsletter. And that's just if I only want to send one a month it's going to be whatever the social media management on top of that. So I love that this is very singular. Someone can come to you if they have the resources to get that done for them. And we'll talk again, we'll talk about that at the end, but it doesn't have to be these thousands of dollars, like you said. So if someone is wanting to start and create an email marketing strategy, what are the fundamental steps to get started? And what types of content do you recommend? So, and this circles back to, I think sometimes as small business owners, we think we need to like get it right, get it perfect and like go all out right when we dive into something, maybe I'm just showing my hand and that's how I am. But if you have a simple opt-in form, so a, a place for someone to put their name and their email address legally, and I will harp on that until I'm blue in the face, but you cannot just willy nilly add whoever you want to your email list. So a simple opt-in form, a one email welcome sequence. You do not have to have this robust five, six, seven email sequence that's triggered and automated and all that. If you have one email that automatically shoots out when somebody subscribes, just introducing yourself and thanking them for subscribing, you're good to go. The third point that I think at minimum every advisor should have when they start email marketing is making sure your branding is being used consistently. I love Flowdesk. That is all that I will work in as a part of my service suite. Flowdesk allows you to upload your brand kit. So there's really no excuse to just be using whatever fonts and colors feel good that day. Showing up consistently with your branding, it builds that no like trust because people will start to recognize you. So that's the third point. And then the fourth basic point of just getting started is being consistent with your monthly newsletter. If you put together the best newsletter this world has ever seen and you send it out and then they never hear from you again, that was time wasted. So it's better to send. I always say in my daily life to remind myself that I don't have to be perfect at everything. Done is better than perfect. If you're sending a monthly newsletter with three topics, let's say, maybe you touch on a destination that month, you highlight a travel tip and then uh, share a testimonial from a recent client hit send and it's off to the races. Like if you're doing that at minimum once a month, people will start to expect to see your name pop up in their inbox. But if you're stressing out and wasting all this time, you put together this beautiful newsletter and you do it and you send it once and then you show up again six months later and then four months later and it's very inconsistent, that can actually hurt you. So simple opt-in form, simple welcome sequence, your brand and being consistent are the four basic things that everyone should be aiming for. I love Flowdesk. And we previously were actually an affiliate partner with them, but I love Flowdesk because it is so easy. We have an entire episode on this, right? It is so easy and it is drag and drop. Frankly, if you can figure out Canva, I think Flowdesk is a lot easier. (laughs) So if you're already using Canva for like creating literature and things, One, I highly recommend using Flowdesk. Two, when I transitioned to Flowdesk, 
that's when I added a banner to my website and I had show it. And I, I asked Amanda Lynn to add a banner for our how we work guide. And I did not have a page that had all the information. So I had like about and process and it was kind of like a trimmed down version. So I'm just sharing my personal experience with this. I created a robust how we work guide. That's part of the workflow. And essentially that goes out to anyone that's inquiring, they get the how we work guide. So I was like, I already have this piece of literature. So why wouldn't I just create a banner on my website that I can use as a lead capture? And it was like, want to know more about how we work? Put your email here. And it had like an asterisk, like you'll be subscribed to our newsletter too. Like you have to have a disclaimer, but I got over 50 people in one month. So to me, that was starting small. And you know me, Katie, I'm not a techie person. I did not segment out my audience like I wish I had. But frankly, I needed to start somewhere. So to me, this was the perfect way to start. I had a fresh website. I already had this piece of literature. I didn't have to create something. I didn't have to start from zero. And I just embedded it essentially on the website. And they were feeding to my newsletter subscription list, which I would send out quarterly at the time. I would have loved to make it monthly. And I waffled between monthly and quarterly. And to kind of like piggyback off of your point on the consistency, I think that massively impacts how people consume from you. I think it's very confusing to have a monthly newsletter and then go to a quarterly and then like sporadically send out these newsletters. So if you are going to commit to a newsletter strategy, I beg of you to keep it consistent and to hold yourself accountable for it. If you are not doing that, what is communicated to your clients is that you're not necessarily a service they can trust for a consistent quality product, which it's so subtle, right? But like right now we transitioned, I'll just call it out. We transitioned to Black Friday. So we pulled back on our teak to do's weekly emails because we didn't want people to feel super bombarded with us in their inbox all the time. And the second we did that, people are like, hey, where's my teak to do's email that I get on a weekly basis? So like that creates a question in people's mind, like what's happening with this? What's happening behind the curtains, right? Well, and I think too, that's something that as a travel, I was a travel advisor for a little over five years. So I know how many things on a given day we have to think about. And so it's natural that marketing would fall to the back because you've got final documents and deposits and you've got, you know, meetings with clients and all that. But I think it is so important to remain consistent, like show up consistently. You know, if you say you're going to send out a monthly newsletter, do it because it does, it it builds that trust. But also how your newsletter looks is important. If you send out a newsletter with a, a bunch of different fonts and, and it, it looks all askew and they, you know you could tell maybe there wasn't a second pair of eyes, I actually just experienced this. I subscribed to a newsletter for small business owners and it was going, she was marketing a, it wasn't in the travel space. It was just like, if you're a service provider, she was going to be marketing this like mastermind. Hi, Amanda Lynn here. I'm the creative director at Teak, and I'm jumping in to give you the scoop on an exciting new service, our semi-custom brands. Maybe you're just starting out in the industry, but want to make a great first impression and launch your business with a fresh and professional brand. Maybe you're looking to update your current branding and you're just not in a season that allows you to make a huge investment. 
or maybe you're just looking for a quicker turnaround time than our signature brand service offers. If you resonate with any of these, then our semi-custom brand service is a great solution for you. So what exactly is a semi-custom brand? Each quarter we'll be designing and releasing three new semi-custom brand concepts. I've worked to create brand packages that are on trend yet classic so that you have a good idea of the potential of each brand kit. Our website showcases mock-ups and transformations. You have got to check these out. It's really cool. To start, you'll select the concept that you like and complete some fun homework assignments. Think Pinterest and questionnaires all about you so that we can get to know you and your business and your vibe. Then our operations manager will secure your design day with me where I'll customize your concepts by inputting info like your business name and tagline and build out your color palette. I'll devote six hours of my day to designing for you and sharing the drafts while we chat on the Slack app. You'll walk away with a logo suite, color palette, launch graphics to show off your new brand and a suggested list of fonts. We assure that once these brand concepts are personalized, no two look the same. If you'd like to learn more about the process or see those transformations for yourself, head to the link in our show notes. Our team is excited to bring our new semi-custom brands to the community and have the opportunity to help even more advisors. We hope to see you on our design calendar soon. It checked a lot of boxes and I'm getting back into entrepreneurship and I'm a little rusty. And so I was like, oh, this will be good. Her email looked terrible. Like the spacing was whack. There's no other way to put it. (laughs) The spacing was terrible. The font was hard to read. Um, One of the links was broken. And so I was like, why would I enroll in your course when you can't Uh... to make sure your emails look good? Now, maybe I'm biased because I'm in the email world. But I think it is so important to stop and think about how our clients are viewing us as business owners. To me, that goes for all communication, like blanket statement, right? Like however you're communicating, I am the first person to like rattle off a post real quickly on my personal account and like throw it up and (laughs) I'll get like people, I'm going to say people, I get one person Heather Keller, Perfect Landing Travel, always, always my spell check gal. She just screenshots it, circles it, sends it my way. And I'm like, thank you. I looked silly for a few minutes, but I'll fix it and move along. But when it comes to your business, first of all, that does probably communicate to some clients. But when it comes to your business, if you don't have the Chrome extension Grammarly, download it now. It doesn't work in every platform, which is very frustrating, but you can copy and paste everything into a Google document and check it there. And it does work in TravelJoy. I know that. So if you are finding that you are not grammatically correct consistently, I highly recommend using technology to make yourself look more polished than you are in these like off the cuff moments. Because a lot of the time we respond to clients really quickly, right? And you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't capitalize I. And that looks silly. And someone might think, no, they got a response. They're happy. But to me, I think, are you spelling my name correctly on my flight booking? It's a snowball effect or a trickle down effect rather of like these questions that you're essentially asking in your brain of like, what's happening behind the curtain if this is their best foot forward? If your best foot forward 
is a misspelled, bad spacing, not linked newsletter that's going to your entire audience. What's happening behind the curtain when it's just one person and you think they're not that invested because it's just one single transaction? Yeah. Some, you know, some people may be listening to this episode and thinking, well, it's not that big of a deal. But I promise you, as someone who is far too into her own brain, like I overthink everything. Let me, like, (laughs) I am an overthinker professionally. When I make a purchase as a consumer, I am thinking about what, what made me click by now. Like, Mm -hmm. I think why I'm so into marketing and the psychology behind it, because what makes somebody decide yeah, this is the thing I'm going to swipe my credit card for. And I almost purchased that mastermind class until a sales email came through that did not look good. And so if you are an advisor who's hoping to snag 10, 15, 20, $30,000 trips all the time, Mm -hmm. you have to look the part. And so that could be a whole different episode. But (laughs) I was like, my brain just went into a million directions because I'm like, Think of your email marketing strategy as like the outfits you pack for a conference. Are you looking the part at every touch point with your internal audience, your external audience, your suppliers? Like, what does that look like? And are you confident in how you're stepping out? I think of it like an interview. Every email you send from someone that has not purchased from you is an interview. Exactly. Yeah. It's a, it's more than a newsletter, I guess should be my entire tagline. It's a direct line to someone's most personal digital place. And that's their inbox. And the ROI on email marketing is insane when you compare it to social media. For every dollar you spend on email marketing, you have the chance to make up to or more. But the current data shows that every dollar spent on email marketing is $42 earned. So you definitely want to take your time, correct your spacing, fix your fonts, fix your colors uh, before you hit send. I couldn't agree more with that. So let's let's talk real quick because this is a caveat. What is the cost of Flowdesk a month? Do you know? For Flowdesk, they have different pricing plans, but for the one that travel advisors would need for just a basic sending monthly newsletters, they have a monthly or annual plan. So you can always head to Flowdesk and look at their pricing, but it's 35 a month. And so you figure if you're charging fees and you get one booking a month from being consistent with your email marketing, it is more than paid for. And what I love about Flowdesk, aside from it being super intuitive and aesthetically pleasing, is that you don't have to pay more as your list grows. That is, it's a static price, which I love. That's amazing. That's not the case for many platforms. Yeah. You don't get punished for growing your list by having to pay more. You do get punished if you're marked as spam. So again, to reiterate, don't just take your export of your client list and import it as marketing if you haven't gotten authorization. Because we actually, if you've listened to other episodes, you know that there was a time where we initiated an email attempt and almost got kicked off a flow desk. And we were like, we knew better than that. So don't ever inappropriately email. Like you said, it's a personal space. If we started to think of digital space as personal space, I think the world would be a lot kinder (laughs) because that is essentially anytime you comment on someone's social media, that's their personal space. Anytime you land in an inbox, that's their personal space. We live in a new world where the digital space is very personal. Right. Well, and it's happened to all of us. I guarantee it. 
you somehow get put onto an email marketing list and you're like, I never signed up for this. Well, your information was probably bought or sold somewhere. And there are actually, and I'm not a lawyer, you can feel free to do your own research via Google, but there are laws in America for email marketing, of marketing of any kind and what's allowed and what's not. And Flowdesk, for being a small email marketing platform and a newer company, they take it very seriously. So part of a good email marketing strategy is also understanding what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do. Okay. So let's get down to it because I talked about my overwhelm. I talked about that I was doing it quarterly, but then like Teak, we do it weekly. Like what do you think is a good cadence and how often should travel advisors send marketing emails? And is there an ideal frequency in your opinion? In my opinion, I think once a month is perfect. I've heard of some advisors who they say they want to try and do it weekly. Doing weekly emails is a lot. You're going to quickly feel burnt out and that circles back to consistency, which at this point, I feel like this podcast episode could be called consistency with Katie, but like it's my favorite word. If you are not being consistent, it doesn't matter You know, if you kept up for weeks with a weekly email and then all of a sudden you go radio silent, that's almost as bad as not sending one at all. So once a month is good because it gives you enough time to gather content for your next monthly newsletter, share any updates that have transpired or come to light over the past month, maintain regular communication. Like once a month is good. Think about how fast a month flies by anyway. And if you are trying to do an email weekly, it's probably not going to be sustainable. And you'll feel like you just don't have content every week. So my answer is once a month. But the most important part of that is just whatever you choose to do, doing it consistently. Okay, we kind of glazed over this in the beginning. But like, can you give a few examples of what would be included in a newsletter that's not salesy, that's exciting to read? Like, what are the actual things that people are sharing in a newsletter that's worth reading for a potential client or an existing client? Yeah, I always tell newsletter clients that there should be one cornerstone topic. That way it feels kind of like foundational and you can build everything else around that or you can that can just be the one highlight and then everything else is a supporting topic. But personally, a cornerstone topic that is easy and relevant and makes sense for a travel advisor is a destination highlight or a property highlight. I think it helps advisors define their niche a little bit more too. If you are so tired of getting inquiries for destination, whatever, then make sure in your newsletter, you are featuring the destinations you want to be putting at the forefront of your client's mind. So I think a destination highlight is good. A brief overview of the destination, you could talk about who it's a good fit for. So if you're really into adventure travel and you feature something like Alaska, that's probably, correct me if I'm wrong, Alaska specialist probably not going to speak to foodies too much, you know? So think about who your ideal client is, what you want to be promoting, and then choose a destination to feature. And then you can do supporting topics, like a relevant travel tip that maybe fits in with that destination. So if you're highlighting Fiji, Fiji's a long ways from here. Do a travel tip on long haul flights. How do you survive a flight that long? And then you could round it out with a testimonial. And again, bonus points if you have a testimonial that matches the destination because you just had clients come back from there, or you can just feature another testimonial from a client raving about your services. So nowhere in there did you sell at all. You inspired, you educated, maybe you talk about the pros and cons of high and low season for that destination. 
personally, I love traveling during low season. I don't care if it's rainy. It's cheaper and there are no people around. That's my jam. So as a reader, I don't. I know I can go to Italy in June. Tell me what the pros and cons are of going in October. We sometimes get into such a selling mindset that we forget to just inspire and educate. For example, we're coming up on Christmas. If you're going to feature a destination, include a traditional recipe, like a holiday recipe. There's so many ways to get creative and make people go, oh, that sounds so great. Instead of just being like, hey, this hotel's on sale. I mean, you know, okay, great. But why should your audience care? I love that you said that because if you think about a magazine, the first page is always a letter from the editor and it creates this like personal connection, right? They're priming you to feel like reading their magazine, even though it's mass marketed, is for a personal experience for you specifically. It landed on your doorstep, personal space. It's a letter from the editor to you. My dad, he owns an air conditioning company. Every newsletter he sends always starts with a letter from the president with his face up top. So if you have a personal brand and it is only you, I think this is really important to create this personal connection. If you have a team, I think it's even more important that you're like featuring an advisor and their specialty. So I think that's a great way of constantly having one section of your newsletter taken care of is having something that's personal. You create a template. You can even put it into chat GPT and then make it sound like you. There are a lot of ways that you can streamline this by using a template or a typical formula, if you want to call it that, to infuse personalization and not feel salesy. Right. Well, and like you said, priming your audience for knowing what you do and what types of trips you book and all of that. If you are consistently showing up and you are featuring five-star boutique hotels in exotic destinations, then it's going to be less likely that they reach out to you for a sun and sand all-inclusive in Cancun. Like They're going to know that maybe you can help them with that, but it's probably not your forte. So all of that stuff can be translated over to social media, but it's going to get lost in the melee of social media. Okay. So if you had to pick tools that would make email marketing easier. Again, let's like assume that we're talking to someone who's never attempted it, is strapped for time, their expense sheet is busted at the seams, especially in December like this. We're recording this in, in at the end of November. And like I just feel like I'm pulling out my credit card so much this week that I have like swipe exhaustion, frankly. So let's assume that everyone's like, I don't want to spend another thing, add to my expense sheet, because it could be money that's coming in my pocket. What are the tools that are going to make life easier and make the process easier? If you're just going to pick one, just do Flowdesk's introductory lowest price email marketing you know, subscription that they offer. They also just released a link in bio option and it's actually included in the price. And so you could get rid of another subscription. If you have like a subscription, I think it's $6 a month to Linktree or something, get rid of that, save $6 a month and instead use the Flowdesk link in bio to funnel people right from Instagram into your email marketing funnels. If you wanted to go big or go home, you could also invest in Interact and build a quiz. And the quiz will help grow your list a lot faster, essentially. But what it does is you can build a a quiz. And we just did a whole podcast about this, so I won't go too hard on it. But 
you can build a quiz that funnels people into your email list. And from there on the back end, you can segment them out based on their answers and their results and all of that. But at minimum, you should just have an email marketing platform. Now, if you are interested in hearing more about quizzes, check out episode 45, The Secret Weapon to Grow Your Email List with Katie. Interact is a very cool tool. I don't think it's necessary. I think it is, like you said, it is a really cool, fast-growing resource. It will help you grow your list much faster than a typical like pop-up. I just want to say, I don't think pop-ups are effective. I don't like a pop-up. I click out of a pop-up immediately. So if that's your one shot at capturing newsletter subscribers, I think you need to tweak your strategy. I like the How We Work guide, using something you already have. To me, creating a quiz sounds amazing. I would want someone to do it for me because I don't have the time to like put all the brain power into it. To me, starting small felt very doable. I wish I had had a tool telling me what to feature. <laughs> and so we're, we're going to transition and let you kind of get on your pedestal about this because that would have pushed me to be much more consistent if someone were like, hey, this month, just elaborate on these. That's really where you come in. So I'll let you shine and step up and share how you're combating these concerns. What I hear most from travel advisors is that their biggest pain point is they don't have the time or the bandwidth to create the copy. So it's, you know, they have a ton of ideas, but they become paralyzed by how to share it. And I think there's nothing more intimidating than than staring at a blank screen. And so my service suite, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, is small, but very robust. And my favorite thing that I've created is an evolution of what we offered in niche. So every month as a Teak employee, I would create a newsletter blueprint to share in our niche community. So I, what I've done is I've taken that blueprint and I have beefed it way up. I think no matter where you're at in your business, if you are brand new to the industry and on the tightest budget, or if you are a luxury advisor, frequently closing six-figure sales, I really believe this is perfect for every advisor. And what it is, is every month on the first, it will go up for sale. It's $19 a month and it's monthly done for you copy. Four sections, a featured destination, a travel tip, a relevant travel news that your audience needs to be aware of. And then there are sections built in so you can continue to customize it because every advisor's business and audience is different. I also have Canva header graphics in there, a mini tutorial where we build out your newsletter together every month. That's only half the list. So I believe the the link for it will be in the show notes. But I wanted to create something that was approachable, low cost, and very easy to commit to every single month. And if you miss the previous month, because the first through the 28th of the month just flew by, you can always purchase the month that just came down. So I just wanted to make something easy, really is what it came down to. The best part that I think is fun because I want to build things. I know this is important at Teak as well. I want to build things that advisors need and want. I don't want to just make what I think is good. Every month, the destination that's going to be featured for that blueprint will be voted on on social media. So that way you feel like you're getting a say in what destination is selected. But long story short, 
it's a done for you newsletter. You literally have to copy and paste it into your email marketing platform of choice. So that doesn't even have to be Flowdesk. I know we talked a lot about Flowdesk, but it could be any platform essentially. Yeah. I wanted to make sure that there was an option for advisors who don't work in Flowdesk. Maybe you are comfortable in MailChimp and you love it there. Your whole list is there. You can use this blueprint. If you're in an active campaign, if you're in whatever other email marketing platforms are out there, it's essentially just done for you copy. You'll have the graphics that are used and all of that. And you just literally toss it in. If you wanted to customize it further, you can, but otherwise it's done as is. I love that. And I'll just say this. I have seen Katie's service suite and it is so good and it hits all price points. Like I would have gladly done the monthly subscription. I would have probably done some of the upsells too, but it is so simple and straightforward, which I think is what advisors need. Like, again, we have decision fatigue a lot of the time. So if you have the resources and the clientele to support a more custom subscription model with Katie, she's got you covered. If you don't, and you have, I would say what, an hour maximum to copy paste, edit your graphics and pop it into the newsletter and schedule it an hour. Now learning curve in the beginning, obviously. Absolutely. And then once you create it once, you can duplicate it each month. Swap out the copy, swap out the graphics. I with the, with the new monthly template that you're yeah, sending. Yeah, exactly. I timed myself once. Now, granted, I'm in Flowdesk all the time, so the learning curve is gone, but it was under 30 minutes. So I wanted to be sure to create something. You know, I do have services that are over $1,000, but I wanted to have something that was in the double digits because I remember starting out as an advisor and being like, well, I'm broke. <laughs> yeah. You're building your business, all you feel like you're doing is spending. You're not making any money yet until those first commissions come in or those first bookings come in. So $19 a month, hopefully is a comfortable spot for most advisors. There's so much more that we can say about your service suite, but I want to wrap up. I wish we didn't end on a negative here, but what are some common mistakes that you see advisors making in their email marketing and how can they avoid them? That'll be the, we'll do negative positive. Like, what are you seeing? How can it be avoided? So we, so that we end on a high note. So the first one, again, is adding people without permission. It can get you banned from your email marketing. <laughs> so don't do it. It's also just bad business. But I have a simple setup service where we can get you like legit, all set up, you know, legally obtaining emails, and it's priced under $500 in the first quarter of 2024. So I have launched promo pricing. So if you're going to take advantage of anything right now, it's the time to do it. And that is a simple one-week turnaround service. The other thing I see is not being consistent. So again, if you are going to send a newsletter, do it. So if you're signed up for any of my newsletter services, for the love of God, just hit send. Once it's done, just hit send. Don't waffle on it. Don't overthink it. Being salesy instead of being a storyteller. If you are trying to sell, people are going to see right through you. So tell a story. Start with an introduction. Right now, it's the holidays. How are you spending time with your family? Are you traveling? Are your clients traveling? Tell a story. Don't sell. Another big one I see, and this one's easy to overlook, but not reviewing your analytics. Once you start sending newsletters consistently, you should be popping in once a month or once a quarter to look at your analytics. How many people are opening, clicking, unsubscribing? Do you have people's emails bouncing? So that's a whole thing, but it can tell you a lot about the behavior of your subscribers. 
not applying your branding. We already went into that. Uh, and making your newsletters too long. Stop trying to write a full-length feature New York Times article. It's okay. I've done it. I've sent out newsletters that were way too long. The one that just went out today where I outlined my service suite. My apologies to your inbox. It was a long one, but I wanted to get the details out there, but keeping them short and sweet. And then lastly, another mistake I see is using email marketing to send one-off client communication instead of email marketing emails. So don't use Flowdesk or whatever platform you have for sending like, you know, Joe Smith an email about his upcoming trip to South Africa. That's not what it's for. I see a lot of this too. And it's an honest mistake, but I'll see, I'll be in it, you know, someone's Flowdesk account and I poke around a little bit, not in a nosy way, but just to see like what language our advisors using because I try to match it while I'm doing their projects. But I will see people send a newsletter to one person. And mm-hmm. I'm assuming what's happening is they see they get a new subscriber. And they're like, well, that subscriber just missed my monthly newsletter. It's okay. They'll catch you on the next one. You don't need to send it. For every mistake that advisors are making, there's an easy fix that will benefit you and your audience. I appreciate that. I think it's just affirmation that like one, we're all human and all of these mistakes can easily be made if you don't know better. And when you know better, do better, right? I see a lot of people like not sending newsletters at all. And then all of a sudden they want to send a Black Friday newsletter. And I'm just like, "Mm, no, you're clearly like scrambling at the end of the year to get my attention instead of like feeding me throughout the year. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like the psychology of that is not able to be ignored. You mentioned like this might be going into too much psychology. I don't think that you can ever go into too much psychology when it comes to sales, frankly, because that's what it is. By the way, I think that um, something food for thought in years to come that's necessary is for you to create a Black Friday special email. (laughs) Like, I know that I just said, like, don't do that. But like, you can do that if you're constantly and consistently, I don't want to say constantly, but consistently sharing exciting things with your audience. You can also share exciting deals that they may want to capitalize on, but don't make it so like, Hey, I forgot about you all year long. Now buy this from me. I think it 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 reads different. But Katie, for you, just so you know, there are a lot of people that were like, what companies are having deals? And I think there could be like a sun and sand cruise version and there could be like a luxury property version because people did create those newsletters, but they take a lot of time and you have to be on a lot of newsletter subscriptions in order to get that information and then you have to compile it. So, I'm just saying I think I'm speaking for a lot of listeners when that could be a resource that they may be interested in. Absolutely. And something important to note and end on, I was a travel advisor myself. So I I like to think that I know what travel advisors need and want. But now that I'm out of booking, every day I get further away from those days. And so every single one of my services, even the monthly newsletter blueprint, comes with a feedback form because I want to continually be evolving with. The, the, the advisors who are utilizing these resources. So if you purchase the blueprint or I, you do a service with me and you're like, hey, real quick, loved this, but what about XYZ? I would love to hear the feedback and see you know, if there's something I'm completely overlooking or whatever that could be added to the blueprint or added to a service or something like that. 
feel free to check out the service suite. There is a quiz on my website, which service is right for you. So Ooh, a quiz. She did it. Test that out. If you're overwhelmed with the options and you're not sure what would be a good fit, the quiz was designed to point you in the right direction based on your budget, how niched down you are, and all of that so that you're selecting the right spot because there are limited spots available because, um, again, I'm just one You're human. one human. So, so many projects yeah. per, per quarter will be open. Okay. So repeat where people can find you. Just on Instagram. I don't have any other social media platform because I, I don't love it. Don't love social media. So Moxie and Forth on Instagram. Um, and then moxieandforth.com is the website. Right on the homepage, you'll quickly find everything you need, taking you to the services, the blueprint, and everything else. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us today. There's so much more to uncover here. If you are looking for an answer to your email marketing headache, Moxie and Forth, and we will put all of this information in the show notes. It is economical. If you want it to be economical, it is an investment. If you want it to be an investment, but Katie... We are so excited for your new venture. And thank you for everything that you've done for Teak. Thank you for being a part of our Teak family. You always will be. We will miss you in Slack. It's the worst part of this parting. I will continue to voice text you on Instagram. (laughs) You have helped so many advisors with their email marketing. And we're just so grateful that you found this passion and you're going to continue to help others. So... Thank you for having me on the podcast and for having me on the team when I sent you the unhinged email a few years ago asking (laughs) if I could work for Teak. So I wouldn't be right here launching such a weird little business if it weren't for Teak. And I'm very appreciative. Not weird. Not weird at all. Very needed. And I wish that I had had it. And that's what we pride ourselves on is creating resources that answer or solve a problem that we wish we had had the answer to when we needed it. So thank you to our listeners for joining another TikToks episode. If you are loving our content, please, please, please pop on over to Apple Podcasts. It means the world to us. Trust me when I say that we do review our analytics every month. And when we see a new review on Apple, we do a little dance. We are so excited and ecstatic that you took time out of your busy day to rate and review us. So please do that. And while you're there, please just subscribe so that you never miss when an episode drops. We're sending you a long distance cheers because you just finished another episode of TikTok. If you loved what you heard, hit subscribe and head over to the show notes for any resources and a summary of this episode. In the meantime, if you want more access to us, we are personally inviting you to join our Niche by Teak community, where we host live events, answer your questions, share destination masterclasses, and give you a front row seat to all the resources that we launch throughout the year. Plus, what's better than being surrounded by like-minded advisors that are hyping you up to succeed each day? We think nothing head over to www.teakhq.com backslash niche to join the community today.